0: Welcome back to The Educated Home Buyer, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership and financing. As an active real estate agent and YouTuber, I'm often getting people asking if they should purchase a home. While that's a loaded question, depending on a lot of factors, let's spend some time and discuss why home ownership is important.
1: Perfect. Um, Jeb. You know, one things I always like to point out to, to anyone who's asking that question, at any given point in time, about 65% of uh, American households, not American individuals, but American households are homeowners. Uh, you know, we've had peaks as high as 69%, it dropped as low as 62% um, at, at certain points, but two out of every three households own their home. And when you take into account that some people are really early in their life and probably haven't advanced to the stage where they're settled in with their um, marital relationship, with their jobs and careers, knowing where they want to live, it's just not uh, a possibility. And some people will never get there. Their income won't uh, allow them to become Uh, a homeowner. So when you say 65%, it's really probably more like 75 to 80% of of Americans from that age range of 35 to, to 60. So for most people, at some point in their life, they're going to choose to become homeowners. So when we want to analyze that and say, why would you own a home? Let's start with the financial reasons. Um, The big thing, uh, homeowners in the United States have 44 times greater net worth than renters. The median net worth for a renter is just a little over $5,000. I think it's 7,000, somewhere in, in that range right now. Um, when you look at that, the average burial cost is more than the, the median net worth of a renter. Uh-huh. So when you're looking at building financial security, like homeownership isn't necessarily about wealth. When you're just looking at building financial security, owning your home is a big, big piece of that. So let's start with probably the most important thing in uh, the financial aspect of owning a home that benefits you versus renting. And that's the the fixed rate mortgage. When you buy a home, you don't have to worry about the cost of the home going up over time. You are now fixing that cost. You have a 30-year fixed interest rate, so you fixed the monthly payment which is something that renters don't benefit from. If you're looking at buying, you're probably aware that uh, the monthly payment in most places for us here in California, especially, it's going to cost you a little bit more on a monthly basis for your mortgage payment than it would to rent. But that is today. You know, Jeb, we were discussing earlier here, right now, the median mortgage payment in California, so half, half of mortgage payments are higher, half or lower is $2,282 a month. The median rent in California right now is $2,500. People hear that and they go, well, that's crazy. You, you, it's not cheaper to own than it is to rent in California. But for the average homeowner, it
0: is cheaper than renting. You well, know? Can we talk about that for a sec, Josh? Because I think yeah. this is important. You said that it made me think of something. My mortgage payment on my property, which I bought Fortunately, back in 2012, the property that I live in at the moment, is about $2,200 a month, right? To, for, to rent that same property today, if you were to come into my neighborhood and want to rent a property similar to mine, you're going to pay about $4,500 a month. So yeah. me being proactive, it was the right time of my life at that time to buy a property, married, first kid, growing family, if you will, purchased a property. Again, it's it's been just less than 10 years you know, it's $2,000 more per month now to rent that property than it was for me to buy it back then. No, absolutely. I I had sort of an epiphany
1: the other day. Um, For those that watch the YouTube channel and hear uh, Jeb and I on the live every week, they know that last year I I bought a home out in the city of Orange. Uh, We rehabbed it and we decided to keep it uh, as a rental. That property rents for more like $1,000 more a month than what my mortgage payment is. And that kind of blew my mind. It's it's not nearly as nice of a property. It's a very nice home, but not nearly as nice as my home. And it would cost me if I sold my home $1,000 more a month to rent that than it does for me to, to live in my home here in Huntington Beach. So what we're, we're saying is over time, inflation will cause rents to rise you can't fix them that's up to the landlord and the landlord is going to raise your rents over time if you buy your home you're able to fix that cost so for those of you outside of california these numbers are super similar the median mortgage payment nationwide is 1100 and the median rent is 1104 dollars because that's so many people that bought five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago at much lower price points. Um, And at that point in time, they were probably paying more on their mortgage than what it would cost them to rent that property. But over time, those rents go up and they've been able to fix their monthly payment. So that's a big, big element of why most people choose to own versus renting, at least on the financial side. The next one we wanna look at is forced savings. So we talked about if you buy, then your mortgage is likely to be more than what it would cost to rent a similar property but what most people don't take into account is a big portion of that payment is going to principal every month jeb i'm sure you know you remember back in in the 90s when interest rates were eight and a half nine percent and you would hear people say oh in the early years you barely have anything going to principal Well, with rates so much lower now, whether they're two and a half, three and a half, four and a half percent, when you have a low interest rate, you have a nice chunk of money, a portion of your monthly payment going towards principal. So we ran some some numbers here. If you have a three hundred thousand dollar loan in the four, four and a half percent range. $400 $400 a month goes to, to principal. So in effect, you have a forced savings account every month where you're going to save $5,000 by the end of the year. If you have a $500,000 loan, that number goes up to about $700 a month and a $700,000 loan, about $950 a month. So for us in Southern California, a seven, $800,000 loan is a very common loan size for people buying uh, into the market with a, a five, 10, 20% down payment. So when you look at that, you have a thousand dollars a month going towards uh, a, a savings account. And over time that grows as every month as you're paying down principal, the interest is decreasing and the principal goes up. So uh, once you get 10, 12, 15 years into a loan, you see a huge portion of your payment going towards principal and you're accruing equity at a pretty rapid rate. Um, yeah so I, from
0: well, I, I think it's important here to note too, Josh, is that you know, I'll, I hear a lot of people in my experience, you know over the years say, well, why would why why don't I just save the money myself? I'll just put it into a savings account. I'll build, you know, my own savings account, if you will, versus the forced savings account. And in my experience, most people don't have the discipline to do it, right? It is putting that money, paying that mortgage payment, it goes into a place that's not accessible. By most people if you will so you can't touch it and and that's one of the the benefits is that it it helps in creating that that long-term generational wealth is because that money isn't something that you can typically just go in and grab which i think is important to note here you know even though um you know it, it's it, it's going into you know your property or what have you it is it it's creating that that long-term benefit and that's that's why uh, homeownership or homeowners rather have 44 times greater net worth than renters is because they continue to accrue that four savings plus the appreciation that they gain over over that that period of time of owning that home.
1: Jeb, what, what I like to compare it to, um, I wish I had the study here handy, but I, I don't know. Um, for most of you listening, you may be aware that when you switch employers, nearly all employers um, by default opt you into the 401k program because they found out when they didn't do that for new employees, only about half of the people signed up. But if everyone was opted in at 3% or 5% of their salary going into the 401k, they would contribute, they wouldn't miss the money, and they would actually build up wealth so it's similar here you can say hey i'm a renter and my payment is a little bit lower i'll put that extra four or five hundred dollars into an investment account into an ira into a savings account it just doesn't happen for for the most part so the fact that you're required to do it with uh with your mortgage payment and that amount going to principal that amount going to savings increases every month that you own the property um it's a pretty powerful force
0: now yeah, no, but I think here's what the the people, even if you're able to do that, Josh, right? Even if you have the discipline that says I'm going to put, you know, a thousand dollars a month into a savings account, you still don't reap the real rewards of home ownership, right? That's only a portion of it, which I think yeah. takes you into the the leverage growth part that that you want to talk about. Now, I'm not sure if you're ready there, but that is that is really the key. I mean, let's if we talk about My property, for example, we talked about, I bought it in in 2012, right? The benefit isn't that I've paid the mortgage down over the the 10-year period. The benefit is that the home is more than doubled in value during that time, right? The, The appreciation,
1: and and we let's all be honest here we've been in an extraordinary time in real estate so 2012 we were still near the lows you know 2010 was probably the absolute low in in california real estate by 2012 we had come a little off those lows but you bought at an optimal time and we've gone through a a big period of growth so i wouldn't expect in a a normal 10-year time frame to see home prices double but let's take an example here. Uh, again, um, a $300,000 purchase, uh, if you were to buy and put 5% down, not an uncommon down payment, you put $15,000 down. If the property goes up 5%, you made 15,000 in appreciation on a $15,000 investment. That's 100% year-over-year cash-on-cash return. You, you can't get that in other investments. Let's say even in that example, if it only went up 2%, you've got $6,000 of growth on a $15,000 investment. That's still a 40% cash on cash return. And real estate over time has shown that it, it goes up in value at a higher rate than inflation. So depending on where you're at, you know, California real estate going all the way back to the 70s, including the big downturn in 2008, 2009, 2010, averages more than 5%. Um, other parts of the country are a little bit lower, but in that 35 to 5% annual appreciation, over the long haul so when you look at that leverage that you can control the entire asset with a very small down payment um, i like to say it's the leveraged investment for the common man you can say that the stock market does better than home prices over time it has but the reality is you're not borrowing money to invest in the the stock market so you don't have that leverage like we have in in real estate and the leverage that borrowed money um it it would be different if you borrowed money to invest in the stock market you need the gains to make it make sense but when it's a house most of us have to live somewhere unless you're going to live rent free with a family member um you're going to pay for housing. So if you're going to pay a landlord, you might as well pay yourself and get those three factors working for you. Fix your monthly payment, make sure you have the four savings and you get the leverage on your side.
0: Well, let's talk about that for a minute, Josh. Um, It's a little off topic, so to speak, but, you know, people say, you know, I guess the mindset at the moment is people buying property with the idea that it's, it's only going to go up that it's only going like that it is an investment right and we've been taught as professionals mortgage professionals real estate professionals that your house isn't an investment it's something that you live in it's something that you have to have so how do you how do you talk about that when when people reference their home as an investment or 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 look at it as an investment versus something to live in when it's going to be their primary home
1: it's both i mean it it is an investment but let's look at it from this perspective my wife and i were just talking i live in huntington beach just like you do everything in southern california almost everything nationwide has gone massively up in value over the last few years and you look at it and you go well that's great but it doesn't matter if my stock uh, account balance goes up to a million dollars that's fantastic i can do lots of things with that million dollars my equity in my home, I can't do anything with it unless I borrow it, which I have to make monthly payments or sell my house. And I would then need to come up with another way to put a roof over my head. So it is an investment and you're building equity and you're building net worth. But unless you want to move out of your house and either downsize, move to another state, um, you're not really going to be able to tap that equity. You know, a, a thing that we can always look at is, you know, I'm 48. If we flash forward 30 years and I'm 78, if I haven't saved enough in other areas, my home's going to be paid off and I can tap that equity in a reverse mortgage and, and get to it. So there are some some benefits, but it's a little bit different than other types of investments in that it's not something other than a reverse mortgage or selling and downsizing that you're going to be able to, to reap the reward of unless you're willing to, to move out of your home.
0: No, agreed. I mean, I think that's a good way to put it. I just, you know, I a lot of people at the moment have short-term plans and and that sort of thing with buying real estate because appreciation has been so crazy over the last couple of years. They see dollar signs, they see the ability to make quick and easy money. And it's not always like that. And, and we are going to talk more about, you know, the current market and the home prices in the next episode. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get through this episode. But you know buying it is is it shouldn't be the reason that you're buying the house in my opinion um but there, there's reasons that you should buy homes um you know more of of where you are in your life uh you know the life cycle if you will that sort of thing versus buying with the idea that it's it's going to continue to appreciate year over year and, and cuz which is likely not the case at some point home prices have to stabilize you know you did say that you know earlier in the show that over, you know, historically in California, we've seen what percentage year over year or, or not year uh, over year, but long-term appreciation. The, the long-term growth is over 5%. It's
1: close yeah.
0: to 7%. But that didn't mean every year it went up 5%, right? Some years, you know, we 06, 07, 08, whenever you, you want to um you use the date from, from the past debacle, if you will, home prices went down, right? But historically, if you, if you look at the trend 5% year over year, so just make sure if you're considering buying a home, which we're going to talk about some other reasons, right? It's not just financial. it, It does get into emotional as well, which quite frankly is probably as important for many people out there, Josh, as, as the financial reasons, right? Many people are in it for the money and you get the benefit of, of the emotional stability, and some people are, are the opposite, right? They're in it for the emotional reasons. That's what's important to them. And they end up with, with the gain on the financial side. So I don't know which is more important. I guess it depends on the person, but we can talk a little bit about the emotional reasons as well. I, I mean, we, I guess we didn't even talk about the tax benefits. Well,
1: yeah, let's let's wrap that up with the tax benefits. I, I almost um, don't even talk to to clients about tax benefits any longer. Um, after the last round of of tax uh, code changes in 2018, the Trump tax cuts, so to speak, you can deduct the mortgage interest up to $750,000 of mortgage, but with interest rates so much lower than they have been historically, even if you have a $700,000 mortgage, if it's at 4%, that's $28,000 of interest annually your standard deduction for uh, a married couple filing jointly is $24,000. So it barely exceeds the standard deduction. So you want to look at what your current tax situation is. Are you taking the standard deduction? Do you have other itemized deductions that you could add on top? Uh, of your interest deduction and then we have uh, the second piece of that we always say well your property taxes you can all also deduct well state and local taxes are their deductibility is capped at ten thousand dollars so depending again on what state you live in in california we have high state income taxes so if you're making good money and you're paying 10 or 11 percent on that to the state you're going to exceed that ten thousand dollars of Uh, of property or of income taxes that you're paying to the state. So you won't get any additional benefit uh, in the form of property taxes. Now that could change at some point in the future is actually likely to change. There's definitely support from Democrats for, for going back uh, and and removing the state and local tax uh, deduction caps. And there's some support um, from Republicans as well. So wouldn't shock me to see that come back, but in terms of right now, most people have a negligible tax benefit. So when when I sit down with clients, we're always going to go through their situation. We're going to look at their tax return and try and help them quantify if there's going to be a tax benefit and how much. It used to be a big thing when interest rates were higher and the tax code was a little different, but it's a pretty minimal benefit relative to the other three in the current market.
0: No, oh, good stuff. I mean, So we've got the financial benefits that you mentioned, the the fixed payment, right, in in an inflationary environment, which we're in at the moment, right, which may change at some point in the future. But at the moment, you know, inflation seems to be the the topic that everyone wants to talk about, which could mean higher prices, not only in in just goods and services, but also in rent payments, right, in an environment where rent payments are likely to rise. I've recently had people reach out to me here locally, you know, in, in Huntington Beach, 12%. Year over year increase in rent. So 12%, that's a big number. Having the ability to fix your mortgage payment is huge. You get the four savings that you talked about. We talked about the leverage growth and we also talked about tax benefits. So, four key reasons there on the financial side to own a home. Now, a a moment ago, I mentioned emotional, right? Not only are the financial benefits there, but emotionally, the stability it provides is key in, in home ownership. Let's talk a little bit here, Josh, about families, about, you know, whether you're a family or not, I think the stability is there, but families is one thing, right? You've, you've heard about people having to move continuously as kids, whether they were, you know, raised in, in the air force or, or whatever right? might, um, you know, move from base to base. There was something where, where they didn't have that stability that, you know, those kids that did seem to, you know, when, whenever I talk to somebody that was in the military that moved all over the place, that's always something that's very, that stands out in their childhood. It's always something they want to mention because probably emotionally, it's, it's an effect in some way, um, shape or form, right? It's shaped them as to who they are. When you have that stability as a kid, right? And as a kid, you don't even recognize it, but looking back as an adult, when you have that stability as a kid, when you didn't have to move from house to house, when you have the same friends from, you know, when you were in kindergarten through when you were in high school, or when you played sports with the same kids, you know, locally that you saw at school and your families became friends and all of that, the the stability there, that's huge in, in the emotional process, the upbringing of kids. It gives parents You know foundation to to grow a family and you know it's that home base that uh that many people don't think about when they think about the 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 emotional reasons of of owning a home josh
1: no a hundred percent yeah it really is important and i look back um I moved fairly often, but we were fortunate enough that we moved around Huntington Beach. I got to stay in the same schools, got to stay with the same friends. Um, You look at that and it's important. Um, It's important for for every member of the family. You know, Jeb, along these emotional reasons, why don't you talk a little bit about this? Um, No one ever talks about pride of renting. There's pride of ownership, and it means different things to, to different people. But um, you can, you can rent a very nice home, you know, a home in my neighborhood just sold and they immediately rented it. I'm like, it's a really nice house for someone to rent out, but it is different for those folks to rent versus the pride of ownership piece of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you get people wanting to, to, to make it their own, so to speak, right? You know, everybody, you know, in, in my early days of, of, of helping homeowners, you know, everybody wanted the house with the white picket fence, right? That was kind of the thing. As a renter, you can't necessarily go put the white picket fence on your lawn, or you can't open the, the house up, right? You, you don't like the floor plan of the house that you're renting. The style now is a more open concept. You can't go in there and remove walls. In some cases, you can't paint the walls. You can't build the tree house in the backyard for your kids, or you know, do the garden in the backyard. You wanna you know change things, right? That's important as, as someone buying a house, you have the ability to do that versus versus renting a home. And keep in mind some of these improvements that you might do to a home, open it up, change the countertops, put the fence, whatever. Not only are they things that you might want to do because you want to look at them or or you, you like them or, you know, they're important to your family, but they might also increase the value of your home, which is adds to that appreciation side, right? So that home ownership, being able to change things, modify things, maybe in some, some you know, point in history uh, or in the future rather, you want to add on to that property. You know, you have the benefit to go in there and do that. You don't have to worry about the landlord. You don't have to worry about anyone else. It's a decision that you can make as as homeowners of that property. And I think that's it's key. It it just again it, it goes with the emotional side of owning property. And it's one thing that I don't think of very often just because my wife and I have been homeowners for quite some time. And in fact, I was a homeowner before that as well. And it's, you know, when, when I talk to new buyers, first time home buyers, people going through the process, the excitement that they get in just owning something, you know, I, and it, it it's something that I, I guess I've, I miss out on now. Cause I'm, I'm, been through the process many times it's they're so excited to just own something a piece of the american dream right That's always been you know that is what america is all about owning a piece of property making it your own and with that you get the benefits that we've talked about today josh
1: no one of the things jeb that that i like to think of when you're looking at the financial benefits they are tangible um but we talked about you can't really spend equity Without borrowing against it or selling your home, but the, those emotional reasons, the pride of ownership stuff, those are the tangible benefits. I mean, even something silly as this—it's—it's um, it's silly to me. It's not silly to them. But my in-laws—they have a, a half-acre lot. It's the most beautiful lawn you've ever seen. Now I look at it and say that is an awful lot of work, but they—they they love jumping on the riding lawnmower and and taking care of their lawn, um, or or you know tending to the the flowers and and everything planted around the house. Any type of project, they love it. And a lot of people are the same way. They love to to work on their home. Um, And it comes down to things like, you know, people talk about they want to have a man cave or they want to have a woodworking shop or a a lift in their garage or a home gym or a, a gourmet kitchen at home. Those are things you can't do unless you own the home. I guess you could probably make your garage into a home gym without owning it. But really all those customizations that make it your place in the world. You own it. It's yours. You do with it what you want. So in the grand scheme of things, Jeb, if anyone ever asks me, should I own a home? Say a thousand percent. Everyone should own their home the real question that we're asking them is, or that they're asking us is, should I buy a house now? Now that's a different question. We wanna go more into your finances, your life stage, and and we will definitely jump into that in a future episode. Um, You know, where you had talked about, Jeb, we're gonna go into in 2022 with interest rates up, with home prices higher, affordability getting a little bit more difficult. um, We're gonna go full bore in depth to, okay, Everyone should own a home. You're thinking this might be the right time for you. Let's look and and help you weigh all those things out.
0: No, absolutely. You know, people think as real estate agents, it's always a great time to buy. It's it's not always a great time to buy, but it's always a great time to own real estate, right? It doesn't mean it's the right time to buy now. So make sure you tune into the episode next week where we discuss the more pressing question that's going through a lot of people's minds right now and that's should I buy a home with prices at all time highs, interest rates, the highest we've seen in nearly two years and affordability levels reaching the upper levels in many markets. What should you consider in that environment? Tune in next week. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com expert. If you found any value today, Please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.